Welcome to another episode of the Daily. It's Tuesday. To some people, it's Taco Tuesday. So, do you know what you want to eat today? If not, let's taco about it. Too lame? Too painful? Don't you just love puns? I love a good pun when I hear one. Although I'm not super quick with it, so sometimes I don't get them. What's nice is to know people who are pundits when it comes to jokes. Hope your day is moving along well. Today is a public holiday. I know some of you made plans that you maybe had to change because numbers went up and some news have been kind of depressing. Still, if you haven't kicked back and relaxed in a while, maybe you could still do that even if at home. Soak up some sand, do something you've been meaning to do but just never got around to. Something restful, creative, or funny, or all of the above. All while staying safe and not too much mingling, of course. It might do you more good than you expect. So, let me just share how I've been drawn to reflect on the subject of foolish things recently. A few weeks back, at our church service, Pastor Joy Chua shared an encouraging message about breaking the trap of comparison. I thought it was a timely reminder, not just for people in the congregation, but also for me personally, to be mindful of how we all have that tendency. I, for one, have this tendency to compare myself with others because of upbringing, exposure, unresolved issues in my heart. And if left unchecked, it really does a disservice to what God has created me for, more than I'm willing to admit. I recognize that I'm not able to live the full life that I otherwise can and should by God's grace when I'm busy comparing myself with others around me. Would you say that it's the same for you? Then maybe you find this helpful. When I am more mindful of this tendency that I have, it makes me better able to stop myself, as in seize my thoughts and consequently my words and actions. For example, thoughts which agree with the lie that I'm not good enough and I'll never be good enough. Or the lie that I shouldn't try because I'm not as smart or as savvy as so-and-so. Or I will never be as successful as that other person. Trying will just make me look stupid or prove that I am mediocre. Unless I catch myself thinking these thoughts, they'll constantly play like some default background music in my mind. And they shape, even further establish, existing unhealthy beliefs that I have about myself, other people, and the world. And of course, our belief system is what directs and steers our words and actions, quite naturally. Like the adage, as you think, so you are. To not be affected by comparison is upstream swimming, isn't it? We live in an age and culture where there is so much competition, ambition, expectations, impressive achievements, and coveted awards. We feel the strong push to outdo others, to lust after the sensational and the spectacular, the pressure to conform to the mantra, if you're going to do something, be the best at it, go all out to win it, make something of your life. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think being competitive or pursuing excellence is necessarily bad. And I don't think being mediocre is more noble. 
we should aspire to be excellent in what is good and worthwhile and life-giving and beneficial, for sure. The one major distinction between healthy comp- competition or comparison and unhealthy competition is this. When our focus is more on outdoing somebody else in order to feel better about ourselves, so that if or when we are not number one, or when we are not the most outstanding, our worth, our sense of identity and purpose take a deep dive. That's when it gets destructive. As opposed to when our focus is more on outdoing ourselves, challenging our own boundaries and past records. The more we let who we are become so attached to our performance, the more it taints and poisons our hearts. No matter what we set out to do, even you know very noble causes, because we measure ourselves using other people's metrics. What we perceive should be the metrics. We're driven by motivations that become clouded like murky waters that don't have clarity of vision and direction. Even when there are people who are championing us, cheering us on, we cannot celebrate ourselves, nor can we accept them celebrating us because our inner self is plagued by this dark agent of pride, self-obsession. And what makes it worse is we find it choking to celebrate others genuinely too. That's what it boils down to. Comparison makes us either diminish ourselves or diminish the persons we are comparing with. It should come as no surprise that many of us, even disciples in the way of Jesus, struggle with low self-esteem, suicidal thoughts, self-hatred, narcissism, fear of rejection, just to name a few, because of this upstream swimming in our culture. Until and unless we intentionally allow God's word to renew our minds, redirect our thoughts, and transform our hearts inside out, it would be hard to not be affected by comparison. As I reflected on myself in light of this, that's when a text from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 surfaced. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Hear it again. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. In a strange way, perhaps if we would allow it, this truth should be humbling and liberating all at once. In his letter to the Church of Corinth, Paul was teaching that God didn't choose as humans would choose, and God didn't do things as humans would do. There was nothing that the Corinthians could boast in when it came to God's will and purpose for their lives, as though any bit of it was based on their human merit. And in the same way, it would be good for our souls to carry this truth deeper and deeper into our hearts, and allowing it to humble us and liberate us. God wants us to not despise what He sees in us. Even if you see yourself as foolish or weak, or on some days, foolish and weak, does your foolishness hamper what God wants to do? 
Does your weakness make God sidestep you and move on to someone else? Or does it actually make plain that God can still choose you and wants to use you anyway? For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. God doesn't want to want us to see our self-worth based on how wise we are in our own eyes or in the eyes of the world or how strong we are to others. He wants us to recognize the value he sees, the value he assigns to us. It has little to do with what we think is deserving if what we think is deserving is determined by the culture of the world rather than him. In fact, as Paul reminds us, God particularly counters the cultural expectations of his day and our day too, by choosing those that the world does not think much of. In my pastoral work, there are countless times I question how God can use me. I see so many more qualified, more capable, more astute, spiritual, skilled than I am. I battle lack of confidence all the time, if you didn't know that, and I constantly second-guess myself. Should I not have said that? Should I have said that? Look how knowledgeable that person is. Why can't I be more like that? Or do I come across incompetent to my church? Do I seem uncaring? I wish I can be as dynamic and charismatic as that leader. Was I too gentle? Was I too harsh? Oh, they probably wonder how I can be a pastor. Am I doing what they expected me to do? Maybe other people can do this better. This battle is not unfamiliar to me. But through the years, one thing that secures me is acknowledging exactly that. I will never be a good enough pastor, or person, or daughter, wife, mother, friend, neighbor. That's just the truth. Yeah, I struggle with it, but it still secures me whenever I return to this truth. And this acknowledging this does not diminish me or my value or identity. In fact, it secures me. It frees me up. Because my worth is nef- therefore never in myself. My worth is always in Him who made me. And what I can be or do must be powered, motivated, inspired, compelled, and enabled by Him. Others do what they do, and I do what I do. And the sooner I embrace my limits, the sooner I see myself in the category of foolish and weak, the sooner God's grace abounds in me to make my heart stronger, my spirit bolder, and my faith deeper. Then, instead of diminishing myself or diminishing others, I can proudly boast in my God. I can see and call out the value in others and celebrate myself where I should. If God chooses what is foolish and what is weak, then there really is no need to compare. I mean, I don't even know how to compare. I invite you now to take a couple minutes to reflect, focusing your thoughts on God with both your heart posture and your physical posture. I will offer some questions to guide your reflection. In what ways do you struggle most with comparison? Mm. 
in what area, and who do you compare with? How has comparison with others affected you? Let God show and highlight to you specifically. How has this affected you? And what beliefs or lies have affected you? Now, ask God. God, what do you say about this comparison? What do you want me to hear from you? And then listen to what he says. Take a moment to receive what God is saying to you. Receive his words and respond to him with an open posture. Feel free to pray your response to him. Now thank God for how he sees you and how he values you. Pray with your own words. Dear Lord, our God Almighty, we are thankful for your word that reminds us to fix our eyes on you and to be secure in you ultimately amid the many things and uh, different uh, expectations or hopes and aspirations that we may have or we think we should have and all that and we pray that even with what we've reflected on today with the things that you brought to our minds and how we struggle with comparison and how we have been affected by it. And yet, over these voices, we choose to hear your voice as the loudest, the clearest, and the most liberating voice in our spirits to know how you see us and how you value us and that even in our foolishness and in our weakness you still accomplish all that you set out to do and we are still who you've called us to be and we can still do 
all that you've called us to do. And so in that, we will rest secure and carry this with us the rest of today. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of The Daily. Like I said at the start, I hope you get to do something creative or restful that would be good for your soul. And we will see you again tomorrow. Have a great day. Hey, Pastor Andre here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Daily. If you like what you're hearing and you want to check us out, you can look us up on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website www.thecity.sg for more information. Have a great day ahead. Grace and peace. Thank you.